Welcome to another sparkling edition of the Thought Police with me, Mike Graham, and Matt Kelly, founder of the New European. Matt, I ha- can't imagine what we're going to talk about this week. No, well, it's all just so boring, isn't, isn't it? it? Everybody, everybody being nice to each other, and <laughs> no sort of no debates about well, you know all the politics. It's all gone quiet. It really has. I mean, I actually yeah. banned the phrase or the word, the two words, Dominic Cummings, from my show today because I said, look. <laughs> I mean, it's all anybody wants to talk about, but is it really all anybody wants to talk about? The highlight of the show today, right, was I got Neil Oliver on, you know, the guy from Coast. Because yes. I, I do this homeschooling thing where if you've got kids uh-huh. at home, you know. And he yeah. was so brilliant. I mean, he nearly had me in tears. He was talking, you know, Ray was talking about the coastline of Britain. We talked about yeah. Fingal's Cave in Scotland, the Giant's He's Causeway. Good, He's absolutely fantastic, you know. Yeah. And the reason I got him on was because I noticed about three or four uh, weeks ago he was following me on Twitter. So I can only assume yeah. he listens to the show. But he was absolutely, you know, when you have somebody that he talks to, you just think, my God, this guy yeah. is a genius, you know? Yeah, I and met him once, long, a long, long time ago. Really? But, uh, yeah, didn't, we didn't have much of a conversation, but it was before he was famous. But, right. Yeah, yeah he's just so enthusiastic and knowledgeable. I just love people like that. You know, it makes yeah. you realise yeah. that actually there is more than the Westminster bubble to talk about. Oh, you know for I mean? God's sake, absolutely right. Absolutely right. What's going well, on I, with I your mean, I room? Do, I, well, I do sort of think, though, however, that... Um, you know, everyone's saying that Cummings is being targeted unfairly in all of this business, but I do think that Cummings has been asking for this for a long, long time, just on the basis of being diffident and arrogant and treating, you know, just not being very courteous to people. Yes. And I know on that level, it's it's meaningless, but I do think if he, if he had just been a bit of a nicer human being to a lot of people yeah. in the past, then he wouldn't be getting all this shit poured all over him. Yeah, no, I think there's a very much uh, truth to that. The other problem, of course, is, you know, you didn't really recognise him when he sat in the garden the other day um, as the same guy that was, you know, sort of thumbing his nose at reporters whenever they would ask yeah. him a question, you know. But nevertheless, I mean, I'd like to think that we are a bit more of an important nation um, than yeah. this, that all we I'm want to sure do, that. that all we want to do. Well, I'm not sure about it either. I just like to yeah. think we are that we don't just yeah. kind of punish people out of all proportion to something that they've done by yeah. completely just wrecking the world. You know, it's like what would you, what, you know, it's like it's like somebody's you know pinched something from a from a shop, a bar of chocolate, yeah. and they get the firing squad. You know. Now, so so here's a little story, right, which may or may not be an exclusive, and it might be complete bollocks, right? But me and <laughs> Me and my wife were walking in Clissold Park uh, in Stoke Newington. Right. Um, I don't know when it was. It would have been after April, the middle of April, right? right. On a, it was a really nice afternoon. Mm. And we walked past this uh, couple with their young kid having what looked to be like a picnic on this park bench in Clissold, right? right. And I said, is that Dominic Cummings? Right. Right. And he... This guy was, if he wasn't Dominic Cummings, he was his double, right? Mm. And and they had a young kid with them, and the wife looked like Mary, what's, what's her face? Yeah, from the spectator. You know, uh, yeah, and so I walked past, and I said Wakefield, to Nadia. Mary Wakefield, I, isn't it? That's right. I said, to my, I said to my wife, I said, if he's sitting there having on a park bench having a picnic, that is, that's a breach of the guidelines, an obvious one. And what we should do is circle back and take a photo of him yeah. and see if it is and then sell it to, you know, the sun or whatever or, mm. the, you know, the Daily Mirror. And my wife said, have you completely gone stark staring mad? The man's mm. having a sandwich on a bench. Leave yeah. him alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing, <laughs> isn't it? absolutely right. But this is the thing. I mean, it's very clear that this world is made up of two kinds of people, the kind of people that want to tell you not to do something and the kind of people who actually don't mind what you do. And, you know, yeah. the truth in this should all be somewhere in the middle. 
You know, and yeah. I don't really want to get into whether you think he broke the rules or not. I mean, the idea that somehow the papers are now trumpeting this amazing poll that they've done of 1,800 people, which is, by the way, not enough, because I was always told by a pollster friend of mine that anything under 2,000 people is not worth even looking right. at. Um, but, you know, after relentlessly reporting that he's broken the rules, right, they then find uh, in their hearts to, to produce this news story which says that, you know, 75% of people think he broke the rules and then they think it's amazing. And I'm like, well, yeah. you've been telling them this for four days. Of course they think he's yeah. broken the rules, you know. Well, mate, I've got my own theory about it, which which you may or may not disagree with, but it's it's that, that Cummings and Johnson are quite happy for this to be going on and on and on like this mm. because... While we're all talking about him taking a bloody eye test up at some beauty spot, yes. all of the conversation around what matters, as you've just pointed out, has disappeared completely, yeah. evaporated. Yeah. And so there's no debate now about anything that no. is that of actual consequence. It's just about, where did this guy go here, there, or yeah, everywhere? You I know. Frankly, it's incredible. Well, I actually, I actually put a tweet out on Saturday night uh, in which I said, has Dominic Cummings invented his own dead cat? Because yes. I thought to myself, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he's behind all this. Because yeah. I wonder why it took two months for it to find its way into the papers. And I wonder yeah. why it took um, the second story uh, to kind of make everything a lot worse, which turned out not to be true. You I know? think the nation may have fallen for a sucker punch, but, you know... It's, yeah, uh, but you and I, surely like... surely we haven't turned into two tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorists. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say turned into one. I think <laughs> probably had an appetite for that for. But a long I, time. I, I also I said you'll like this one, right? I said I don't know Pippa Crera at all. I don't know whether you do. Yeah. She's the political editor of, uh, nice of, the, of the of the Mirror. She put out a piece the other put out a tweet the other day. Breaking news: uh, Durham Police uh, to establish the facts uh, of what happened when Dominic Cummings came to Durham, right? And I just yeah. tweeted her back saying, you know, in my day, we established the facts before we ran the story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, because effectively what they've done is they've run a story uh, with some facts that were wrong. And I know yeah. that's happened in the past. I wouldn't pretend it hasn't. But, you know, yeah. it's all a bit ridiculous that these journalists well, are being so holier than now about everything. Well, also, you know, how many of those journalists have, have been, you know, applying the, the uh, lockdown? Well, I bet you, we, we, you and I could name at least three or four people currently yeah. working at the Mirror. Uh, who have not been, and I'm not going to name possibly. any names. But, I mean, yeah. when you look... Also, I said this to somebody the other day. What about... Do you think Robert Peston and uh, Beth Rigby and Laura Kunzberg don't have second homes? I bet they do, and I bet they've yeah. been to them, because they never work at the weekends. Yeah. I mean, Robert Peston, by the way, is doing my head in oh. with his... Honestly, man, can't he work out his question before he asks I it? know. So he doesn't have to sit there. Every every other journalist in the room knows what the question is. Right. It's like he's it's like he thought about the topic for the first time as yeah. soon as he opens his mouth. Oh, I know. It's extraordinary. Matt and Hancock was, does him very well. Have you seen Matt Hancock? Yeah, I saw it yesterday. He absolutely <laughs> destroyed him. He's brilliant. <laughs> Asks a question that lasts about three and a half minutes. God just goes, no. No. Next. Thank you, Robert. Next. Bye. But I love, but you see, this is what I like. I, I, I know you're not ever going to probably praise Boris Johnson for anything, but uh, when he did this first uh, sort of proper briefing the other the other week and he said, look, um, you've just had, the other day rather, you've had, you know, an hour to question Dominic Cummings. We're not doing that now, so don't ask me about it. And I think yeah. that's what he has to start doing. I mean, I've said for a while, there's no point in having these press briefings at the moment anyway. Because, yeah. you know, all you're really doing uh, is giving people an opportunity to say, look, the death figures have now gone to this and, you know, yeah. um, and then ask questions that they don't really get proper answers for. And also, I mean, it has become so repetitive. I know it's a very important subject and I know we've all got to keep in mind the, the stay alert stuff and all of that. But 
everybody now has heard it 50,000 times. Right. So, you know, give us a break until something changes. Well, because like today, for example, you know what's going to happen. You know, whoever is going to be wheeled out there to ask to, to, to give some statement about the A66 or whatever it was, a grant chat that was going on about the other day. And then yeah. uh, they're all going to ask a question about Cummings, which nobody's going to want to answer. Um, and then it's going to get shorter and shorter and shorter. And away you go, you know. They'd, I mean, journalists have started moralising an awful lot yes. in a way that they wouldn't do. I mean, even even papers like the Mail and the Sun 20 years ago, the reporters wouldn't... That, all of that attitude would have yeah. been left to the editor at night. You well, know? that Jason Groves it, guy, blimey. I yeah. mean, what's he on? He looks as if he's been taking steroids. He starts shouting. Yeah. He's standing in the garden shouting at the, the chief advisor to Downing Street. You're going, you're right, mate. You know, yeah. calm down. I mean, did you see Emily Maitlis the other night on Newsnight? No, I, you know, I watched it on Twitter because I don't. I basically yeah. don't watch Newsnight because it's a yeah, no, no, I'm ashamed to say that's the place I saw it. Now, yeah. I thought, I think she is absolutely brilliant, right? I do. I think uh, she's I a. Think she's, I think she's a great journalist, but I don't think she should have done that on Newsnight, yeah. which is a BBC program, because effectively she's just yeah. giving more ammunition to people who want to shut it down. Oh, so that that is exactly what I was going to say, unfortunately. Mm. So I can't even argue with you about it. But it was like, it was a brilliant piece, a brilliantly uh, partisan laying down of what she saw as, as, as what's happened. But yeah. she couldn't say, she could not say that he has definitively lied. No one knows that no. for sure. No. Um, or or and, indeed and that he's the broken the rules. Say it. Because the fact, yeah. that, the fact that the Attorney General of this country uh, says that he hasn't done anything wrong Right, the police mm. until they were kicked by uh, the union guy up there have decided uh, that he hasn't done anything wrong. Except for mm. now, they're going to try and find that he's done something wrong. I don't, I have no doubt. But you know, mm. if it's the Emily Maitlis show, let's have the Emily Maitlis show. But it's not Newsnight anymore. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the thing I would like to see Dominic Cummings put under proper scrutiny about mm. is his role in the idea of herd immunity. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, my belief—it's—it's—he's it's, exactly the kind of guy that would. Love that concept because it's nerdy, it's scientific, it's counterintuitive, mm. and it's, it goes against what everyone else is doing. And I, I would be prepared to bet money on the fact that he was in that SAGE committee with all of those experts going, oh, that's interesting, I like mm. the sound of that. And, uh, and of course, got it hopelessly wrong. And, and the government, you know, delayed the treatment or, or the correct execution of the problem for a couple of weeks, which yeah. cost a lot of lives. Maybe. But that, I'm not sure that it did be. cost a lot of lives, though, because the lives that were lost, I think we have to agree, are, are lives which were uh, people who were in vulnerable situations who might not have died when they did, but were yeah. probably not going to live for very long. Because when yeah, you look yeah. outside of that protected group of vulnerable people, there's not that many deaths. No, it's tiny. So I agree with that. But nevertheless, it's, you know, we set off on the wrong foot, I think. And, and, and that is a question that's worth asking and worth yes. finding out about. But I'm not, I'm really, honestly, I'm not that asked whether he went up to Durham or not. I'm Me just neither. not that bothered. Me neither. And also, I'm not that you know... bothered whether Boris Johnson shags around either, to be no. quite honest with you. No. Uh, I, I don't care how many kids he's got. It's, no. It's, you know, um, I but do why, care so that why, I think he's... So why are so many of our colleagues then so fixated by it? Because it's great tittle-tattle, isn't it? Because the t sad truth is that the, most of the public, and, uh, you know, if we all have a, an honest gaze at our navels, most of the public love all that stuff. 
Well, you know, do you know Boris what? I said this to somebody yesterday, and you know, Boris, yeah, I'm, I'm sure some people think if Boris is a shagger, that's a good thing and that's great. Other people who are mostly middle class and they tend to be female uh, tend to hate the idea that you might be a shagger because they think that's a terrible thing to do. But you know, I reckon if you walked out into most parts of this country uh, with a picture of Dominic Cummings, they wouldn't know who it was. Um, probably now, I think they would, but I mean, a week ago, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, you know, Definitely because because not. people don't do what we do. They don't, you know, read everything that gets yeah. written about what's going on in Parliament. I mean, I was, yeah. interestingly enough, making this point the other... It was last week, in fact, when the congestion charge came back in. And on Monday, I drove the car into work, and it wasn't any quieter, and I thought, this is a bit weird. And you yeah. know what I decided was the truth, and I, I have no evidence for this, but I decided the truth was that not everybody knew that the congestion charge was back. Because unless right. you're a, a disciple of the news, and unless you listen to my show or you listen to you know Radio 4 or, or something else yeah. that's going on, you might not know that the congestion yeah. charge is, because there's no sign-up that says the congestion charge is coming no. back. In fact, and you then, might not even have known if it ever got taken down. Well, exactly. <laughs> and then, funnily enough, by Wednesday, the traffic had all thinned out a bit. Which yeah, I thought to yeah. myself, yeah, I wonder if it's taken these people three days to work out that they're now paying a congestion charge and they're not going to do it. Yeah, I told you I bought a bike, didn't I, last week? I you I did, yeah. How's that going? Has it been nicked yet? I, I haven't been it once. <laughs> you haven't been on it? <laughs> I haven't been on it, mate. <laughs> well, where'd you keep it? it? Have you got it in the hallway? Out the front, I, uh, we've got like a sort of little, you know, one of those two-foot that's patches where I, of land. That's where I saw your thing. Christmas tree. That's right. That's gone to the tip now, that. Yeah. yeah. I thought you Looking did. You know, I was... what happened to your Christmas tree, by the way? Well, do you know it? Uh, it was growing well, um, and then when um, when uh, the sort of the spring came along, unbeknownst yeah. to me, right, the mother of my children ripped it out of the ground and decided that she had to get uh, the the lawn mowed, right? So she yeah. ripped it out again, chucked it in the bushes. That must have taken enormous strength to. Rip she's that. a very strong and woman, you know. And she's... it's newfound all of those new roots. So now all the roots have been broken spread. off. So now it's dead. Because she's yeah, killed it. Now it's dead. Yeah, yeah. she's killed it. <laughs> I mean, shameless, totally ridiculous. I, I can only admire your perseverance. I know. But what I can tell you is that my fake Christmas tree um, is still up in my flat in London because I took the view that there's no point in taking it down because I'd have to find a space for it in the cupboard. So I just yeah. have it sitting there and the lights are still on as well. So it, <laughs> <laughs> it, drives, her, it drives her mad, right? Whenever we're Skyping yeah. or something, she's like, why, why do you keep showing that bloody tree? I'm like, because I know it annoys you. You know, if I what... saw someone's Christmas lights still on, I'd phone the cops and say he's obviously been dead a few months, <laughs> not talking to you down. Oh, it's brilliant. It's, it's, it's one of those, like, it's only about, like, I don't know, 18 inches high. And yeah. It's got the lights that, that I bought put on it. And it's just, you know, I, and even worse than that, the, the batteries ran out the other day, right? And I replaced them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just these little, excent, it's like these little eccentricities that you could kind that of get. You could now be, I think one of the things about the lockdown, right, is that you can be as mad as you like. Nobody cares anymore. If yeah, you start to behave true. in a really weird way, people just go, well, you know. Everybody's going yeah. a bit mad. He's aren't gone they? a bit uh, crazy. I'm amazed that we, way, we haven't had well, a massive sort of increase in the murder rate or something. Well, I, I think I mentioned that. Uh, I was speaking to a copper who said that the domestic violence thing at night has gone. Yes. Has gone up massively. Right. Um, so maybe there is a bit of a maybe there is a bit of a, an upswing. We'll find out about yeah. it at some point. Right. But I mean, yeah. I'm generally speaking, aside from the old uh, coming scenario. There's obviously, I mean, this is the other reason that you might think that this is orchestrated, because all these people saying, oh, fucking hell, I'm not going to bother now, I'm just going to go and do whatever I want. That's, mm. I think, kind of what the government wants you to be like now. Yeah, I think so. And also, do you know what? 
we, you see, like obviously every death is tragic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yeah. But the death rate now is is coming right down. Exactly. And well, there's no. Like, I mean, last week there were no new cases in London one day, weren't there? Yeah, that's right. Amazing. And you know, it's it, it soon we'll be talking about dozens of people rather than hundreds of people. Yeah. And you know, we should all be saying to ourselves, well, you know, in the great scheme of things, we've come through this so far, so good. Obviously, yeah. you got the second wave maybe to come, but you know whatever we do now isn't going to prejudice what happens then. So well done, Britain. You know, you've written it out pretty well, I think. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, as much as we complain and we see terrible figures and, you know, occasionally, you know, I saw a piece from The Independent, I think, yesterday, suggesting that we are now the worst um, per capita or something in the world in terms of our death rate. But I can't take any of that seriously because we are counting things that other people aren't counting. And places like Italy, where it was apparently the world's worst, uh, you know, outbreak and there were dead bodies piling up in the street, they're all sitting around in piazzas drinking espresso coffee. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think you're right. I think, as usual, we we play it absolutely by the book and, and announce everything, whereas whereas our friends on the continent are just making it up as we go along. Yeah. Exactly right. Because, I mean, whenever you see the Spanish unlocking whatever it is that they've just lately unlocked, I think they're opening cafes this week as well. Yeah. Um, and it may well be that we can go on holiday there. They're going to stop uh, the quarantine in July. I That's don't know right. how they can say that because, um, I mean, I wouldn't mind going on holiday somewhere, but I, I'm still feeling a little bit, uh, you know, iffy about it. Not because I'm worried yeah. about the health scenario, but I'm worried about either one, getting stuck there or two, coming back here. And having to go into quarantine because we've. Well, oh, I think into... that would be the that that would be the uh, rule, wouldn't it? The uh, at the moment, at the yeah. moment, yeah. But it seems as though if, if Spain are lifting their quarantine rule on July the first, you know, what do they know that we don't? Yeah. You know. Don't know, Jose. So I mean, you know, it's 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 interesting. You're no say. But yeah, you know, I was walking into to work today, funnily enough, and I just had that thought occur to me when I thought. Do you know what? I'm not actually frightened of this thing anymore, and I'm not sure yeah. that I ever really was. But there was a part of me that thought. I don't know what's going to happen if I get it, you know? Um, yeah. And it was kind of preying on my mind, whereas at the moment it doesn't seem to be anymore. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I, I think we've, again, you've got to caveat everything you say with mm. the fact that there are tens of thousands of people who've gone through something absolutely awful. You know, yeah. it's very real to them. But, yeah. you know, walking down the street now, um, you know, am I worried about catching it off a procession of people walking in the other direction? No, I'm not. Am I worried about catching it off handling some goods in a shop? Mm. Nah. It's, you know, I think I'd be more worried when my kid goes back to school, as hopefully he will do on Monday for a couple of days. Is that happening and then they, for you? I was going to ask you about the school yeah, situation. Yeah, it is happening, thank Christ. Oh, and, that's, uh, that's really good, actually. Oh, mate, I cannot begin to tell you. I can't <laughs> begin to tell you. That's the great. Relief. So is that the I case for, like, for all the kids? Yeah. No, sadly. Right. <laughs> but um, but no, for the youngest one, it is. And, right. you know, God bless him. He, he wants to get back and see his friends and, sure. and all of that stuff. But, well, you know, he might catch it in the school, come back and give it to us, and then that'll be a... Well, then we'll have to drive up to Durham to find some childcare. Well, exactly right, because you haven't got any here, clearly, you know. <laughs> well, just make sure you wear it. Well, you, I mean, I have to say, the Daily Star um, was, was, brilliant. was brilliant this week. Um, yeah. And they get you cut out and keep... Uh, Dominic yeah. Cummings mask. Just yeah. put that on. Um, it was you know, like, what did they call it? Like a free do what the hell you like. Yes, now. exactly. <laughs> well, do you know what we did on Monday? We spoke to uh, this guy um, who is an antiques dealer and does a bit of work on TV up there. In yeah. uh, He comes from that place, um, Castle, whatever it's called, Castle Bernard. Bernard. Um, yeah. And he's an absolute spitting image of Dominic Cummings, right? 
And, right. uh, and and we interviewed him and we did it on Skype. And you could, I said, take your glasses off. And I was like, it's him. You literally, yeah. I said, and what happens when people come up to you? He says, well, they come up and say, hi, Dominic. And I yeah. said, what do you yeah. say? He says, I'll just say hi back. He said, I don't bother telling him I'm not him. Oh, right? you should say, fuck off, pleb. So, so, <laughs> so I'm fairly story. sure, I'm fairly sure that certainly the second spotting of Dominic Cummings was probably this guy. You know, yeah, the, well, time, maybe the time when he wasn't there. Ask him if he was having a sandwich in Clissell Park a few weeks ago. Well, he ago. might have been. I mean, you never know. <laughs> I mean, there is. Yeah. he has got a certain look about him, Cummings, that some people yeah. who don't have much hair have, you know? He looks a bit... He always looks a bit bewildered to me. Yes. When he's coming out of his house, it looks like he does it like daylight. You know, it's kind of... It's like... It's, it's a bit of a shock to his system. Yeah. He needs to orientate himself. It must be awful, though, to be in that street where he's Terrible. coming out every day to, that, to face that sort of baying mob. Because I don't, believe, I don't believe they're his neighbours. They must be like rent a oh. mob, mustn't they? Did you see that um, somebody had written in chalk on the, on the street uh, uh, something like, here yeah. lives Dominic Cummings and hopefully going, yeah. right? And, and you know who it was? It was, it was a Guardian a, photographer, wasn't it? Photographer? Yeah. I couldn't believe that. I know. Guardian I photographer. I believe it. Well, there was that guy, I mean, Andy Dawson, who I've had run-ins with before. He does a podcast yeah. with Bob Morton yeah, called Atletico Mint, right? Did you see what he wrote on Twitter? I, I, I did. Now, <laughs> unbeknownst to you, I, so I've been trapped in the middle now of this of a tug-of-war because you wrote a very delicate tweet back to him saying, you know, who is this racist, blah, 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 thug and all of this right. business. And then Andy, who I met about 10 years ago maybe uh-huh. in a – and, and and he's written for the Mirror, as you know, ages yes. ago. And he's actually a very funny writer, very funny writer. Um, but I mean, he's as far twat, as I'm though. concerned, well, as far as I'm concerned, he, his Twitter feed is, you know, it's very hardcore. Let's just say that. Well, not, not anymore because he's cancelled it apparently. Yeah, but I'm not surprised this blew up in his face. Right. But this morning he basically said to me on Facebook with a host of other people, "Your friends with Mike Graham, un- unfriend him." And I said, uh, I said, well, frankly, mate. As is well known by now, I think social media is an absolute lunatic mm. asylum. And yeah. in my book, everyone gets a free pass. So yeah. I don't think any of the worse for you. Well, Andy, this, but this is what I mean about him being a twat. I'm, I would never say to you, you're friends with Andy Dawson, you must unfriend him. You can be friends must, with who well, you I like. Say, yeah, that, that was a bit twatish. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, this, but you know, you know the history between me and him, though, do you? No. no, we see this is where it comes to a sticky end for him because we did a, a thing. There was a, there was one of these dopey things you do on the radio, right? They do a uh, somebody does a survey in which they find Sunderland is the greatest place in Britain to live if you're a yeah. young person. And I basically was like, you know, I can't believe anybody wants to go to Sunderland. Let's get somebody yeah. on from Sunderland to defend it, right? So we get Andy Dawson on because he used to do quite a lot of stuff for Talk Sport. He used to go to Hawksby and Jacobs right. quite a bit, right? So he comes yeah. on, right? And I'm doing the usual kind of wind up, right? Where I said, you know, I just can't believe that anyone would ever want to live in a place like Sunderland. I mean, it's just horrible. <laughs> why, why would you want to live there? You know? And he's like, have you ever been to Sunderland? I said, no. I said, I've got no intention of going either because I hear fair, it's an absolute shithole, right? Fair and I said, listen, I just don't want to go. Why would I ever want to go there? And he just, yeah. and he put the phone down. So this is a live oh, radio interview, right? And he took such right. umbrage that he just put the phone down. And I thought, yeah. If that's the level of your kind of humour, mate, I'm sorry. Yeah. And he took offence, well, and, he then, and he then started attacking me on Twitter, using the C word very li- yeah. liberally. And right. I just thought, this bloke is an absolute, absolute twat. Right. You know? I didn't know there was history. That, that helps explain a little bit of the uh, the passion in me yeah. around the sides of it. But, I mean, he is a, 
I mean, he's clearly a very passionate guy. Like I say, he's very funny. He wrote a very funny book called... Get yeah, but he's a nasty theory. character. You don't write something like that. And I understand yeah. that people well, might feel strongly about politicians, but you don't write nasty stuff like that. He basically no. threatens to kick the guy, to kick Michael Gove in the balls in front of his children. I mean, that is to even think that yeah. is pretty horrible. I don't, think it, I don't think it landed as a joke. I think that's fair to say. I think a lot of people took him literally. And uh, Well, he also I, I, then put out a further, in, a further video... In which, he explained, funny, though, in which he explained that he was coming off Twitter, but that he still wanted to kick him in the balls. If anybody else wanted to do it, that'd be great. Well, I, I see, I don't find that funny particularly. I did, but then again, I know him, so I know what he's like. Mm. But, uh, I, yeah, anyway, it's, so anyway, the pair of you put me in a very awkward Well, situation. I'm very sorry that I put you in an awkward position, because I, like so I wouldn't both. want to do that. And but like I, I say, I, I mean, I, I would not, I, I would never... In, in a million years, suggest to you who you should be friends with. No, I mean, that's right. I, had a, I had a very funny exchange with Alistair Campbell the other day. Um, yeah. I don't know whether you saw it, but um, I, I was tearing up. I tore up. Uh, I'm getting a, quite a reputation for tearing up newspapers. So the other day, yes. I tore. You want to be careful about that. That's like one step removed from burning books. Well, like that's that. what he said, right? So I yeah. said, so I'm tearing up. So I tore up the Guardian, the Mirror, and the Mail the other day, just for good measure. So just so you can say that you know I'm not. I'm like not, a ticker tape parade in your well, office. Well, it's absolutely fantastic. But the effect of it is amazing. <laughs> the number of people that then watch it is equally equally amazing. You know, right. Massive numbers for it, right? So yeah. so old. Uh, Campbell puts underneath the tweet that we put out, uh, maybe this dork should start burning books next, right? right <laughs> First of all, go. I've never been called a dork for God knows how many years, right? So I just sent him <laughs> one back on, and, and sort of a, a quote tweeted him and said, yeah, calm down, mate. Shouldn't you be off starting an illegal war somewhere, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it went, right. Well, and it went fucking viral, you know, because everybody hates should. Campbell. Um, I'll tell you what, though, you could heat North London for a month if you burnt <laughs> Alistair's uh, diaries. <laughs> oh, I know. But the thing is, the thing about Alistair Campbell, and I've said this to other people before, that he's a good friend of yours. You use him. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think you've got him writing a big piece about Boris the liar in the New European yeah. this week, which is which is yeah. ironic to say the least, as I always tell him. But I mean, he once walked past <laughs> me. He once walked past me in the in the tent down in Westminster on College Green, and I was actually broadcasting. I was talking. He leaned in behind me, pulled my uh, headphone out of my left ear and said, stop talking bollocks. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious, right? Because that's you know me, brilliant. I mean, that's the kind of guy I am. And I mean, much, I mean I'd mean, i much rather have that kind of relationship with him, where he'll always come on the show, he'll always have a row, he's quite happy to do it. But, you know, there's no, bizarrely, yeah. there's no actual rancour, you know? No, of course not, of course not. The only time I've seen Alistair Campbell get proper narky or, or actually it wasn't Alistair it was Adam, it was Bolton. Adam Bolton that was great and wasn't he, it look, Adam who also I know and is a terrific terrific person he he did lose it there and got very very narky but they're yeah. big mates now you know his, his missus worked with, with uh, Angie worked with um, with Alistair for yeah. many many years and they're, and they're great friends but you're right it's not it's not a grudge thing, is no. it? It's just it's, it's no. It's, it's, it's I mean, I mean, some. I mean, it can get out of hand. I mean, I've, you, you yeah. and I have spoken before about Piers, and sometimes the feuds between him and Lord Sugar don't entirely yeah. look very friendly. You know, no, um, they don't. What has gone on there? But with, I'm not with, sure. Uh, I don't know Lord whether Sugar taken off on one. Well, I don't know whether it's um, any different from the way it always was. You know, because don't forget, yeah. you and I both saw Sugar at um, at Piers's party, didn't we? His his fiftieth yeah. party. Um, right. And, you know, they appear to be great mates, and yet yeah. they have this kind of rancorous relationship on Twitter. But I always think that, I mean, Piers is still banging that drum, isn't he? I mean, he hasn't eased. I thought he's eased up a bit because he was off for that week, but he really hasn't. No, not at all. I, I think Sugar um, 
he seems to be much more serious about it than Piers at the moment yes. in his line of attack. And I'm sure they'll come and kiss and make up. But isn't it, isn't it everything we're saying, isn't it all evidence about the fact that people see something or see a facet of somebody's personality yeah. and think that that's them? Yeah. And the truth is, the truth is that until you meet somebody, and 99 times out of 100, when you do meet somebody, you, you end up liking them or finding something common, you know, well, commonality. Well, certainly, I mean, when Peter Hitchens and I started talking eight weeks ago, it was no, because we... It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was It was because we'd had a bit of an exchange on Twitter, you know, because I basically yeah. tweeted him something like, sit down and shut up, Hitchens, you know what you're talking about, you know. Because yeah. you know me on Twitter, I'm a bit aggressive, some might yeah. say. And... Um, yeah. And we got into this kind of Twitter spat, and it, which ended with him saying, well, um, you could always invite me on your radio show, but I don't suppose you'll do that. And I went, yeah, well, you can come on any time yeah. you like, mate. You know. And we, yeah. so the first one that we did was quite adversarial, both of us, because you have to interrupt him, otherwise you don't get a word in edgewise. But we've yeah. now actually got it down to quite a genial conversation. And we actually now agree on quite a lot of stuff. I still think yeah. he's wrong about the lockdown because he thinks we should never have done it. Um, yeah. But he doesn't have an alternative arrangement for what we could have done or should have done. Yeah. But certainly now, um, as he said over the weekend, he said on Monday, he said, well, I don't want them to fire Dominic Cummings. I just want them to lift all of these ridiculous restrictions, which were yeah. completely pointless to put in in the first place. So my, my take on all of this is that Twitter, and I, I know I'm bored on about Twitter, but Twitter makes everything more extreme because it forces people into a position yes. because if you're not taking a, an extreme position, no one's listening to you, right. you know, so people get more and more extreme and, and then they have to stand by it. You yeah. know? And uh, I think it's, a, I honestly think it's all a bit sad and the world would be better if it didn't exist. But there we go. Yes, I think you're absolutely right because, but we t trouble is it's a bit like the internet. You can't remember a time now before Twitter, can you? No, that's uh right. I mean, I find it uh, um, very, very relaxing when I now go and see my kids um, and I literally just don't look at it. And it's the only yeah. time, really, and I've realised that's the only time because when I'm on my own, clearly you tend to be looking at your Twitter account and your Facebook account yeah. and all this, that and the other. Um, I put a great one out over the weekend, which got a lot of uh, a lot of likes because my Twitter's gone a bit mad lately. It's kind of really, right. it's really jumped in, in I'm up, up, up to like 81,000. And oh it was only God, about, a, about a year ago. It was like sort of 55, 60. You know, it's really yeah. fucking it leapt up. That's really good. Um, it is really good. Um, but I put a tweet out saying, I'm just popping out to the shops. Um, uh, if anyone would like to let the Mirror and the Guardian know so that they can continue <laughs> their data gathering, you know, harvesting scenario of where everybody is, <laughs> I'd be much appreciative, you know. Because it does feel a bit like that. It does feel yeah. as though, you know, people are just looking for reasons to go after people. You know? Yeah, but no one knows, do they? Nobody knows. That person you see going off somewhere in a car and mm. not coming back till the next day, you yeah. don't know what's going on. No. They might be taking important medicine to their, you know, sick sick wife or dad exactly. or whatever it might be. No one knows. No. And we, yeah, we all judge so quickly. Uh, yeah, except as somebody else said, who was uh, just a, a, a Twitter person on, uh, on Sunday, I think it was, you know, can anybody honestly say that they haven't broken in some way one of, of the rules? Because everybody probably has. Of course. Total, total bollocks. I mean, I just think it's massively to everyone's credit that for, you know, 95% of the time, I reckon, most of us have, have stuck with it as best we can. Yeah. And uh, that's probably, you know, why we're on the downside now. You know, so, yeah, that's good. I know. Talk, hey, mate, talking about switching the subject a little bit. Yes, go on. One, one story leapt out at me uh, at the weekend, mm. and it was, um, it was this Joe Rogan guy. Oh, yeah. The, the podcaster. Yeah, he's, he's the bloke he's, who's got this massive podcast in America, right? 
and he sold it to Spotify for $100 million. Jesus. Right? I didn't yes. see that. Yes, exclusive. What, you so, mean, so what, they carry the podcast and that's what they've they, paid him? Yeah, they pay him $100 million, and I, I don't know how long it lasts, but basically they get his podcast exclusively. That's a bit more than now, we get I, uh, from audio. Boom, I was I thinking say. ours has got to be worth at least 15 quid. <laughs> Well, actually, I mean, we do make a bit of money on this, but... Um, do, well, I don't see any of it. Well, because we? I'm too busy paying the production people who put it together oh, yeah. for us. And then basically, yeah. I, I actually did a little totting up of the uh, of the profit margins. And once we paid off... I, I went from the beginning of this year. Once we paid off the guy for doing it, uh, we've made Ooh. 100 quid. Haven't we? Yeah. What? So, 78 episodes? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not from, no not, from the, not from the whole year. I'm talking about just from the back to January. But listen... <laughs> It's in a don't worry. It's in a safe place, and when we can finally see Good. each other again, uh, we'll go yeah. and spend it on dinner or something. Very well, yeah, or maybe just like a takeaway or you know, burger. <laughs> well, McDonald's are opening up again next week. All the all the dr- all the drive-throughs are going to open on May the fourth. I'm, I'm, June the fourth. Sorry, I'm told. June the fourth. Yeah, mm. because Brilliant. I've noticed over the past couple of weeks, there's a KFC in Deptford. Um, yeah. which started opening up to the scooter guys. You told us about how you sat in a car park. That's right. Well, now it's open properly for the drive through So there's cars right. there all the time now, you yeah. know, which yeah. is, which well, is good. It's good. Pret-a-Manger's been open for a while. Yeah, there's a no. Pret around the corner here at London Bridge, which is open. Uh, there's yeah. also, there's a Leon, which has never been closed. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, because uh, it's, it's on the corner of where Borough Market is, right? I went for about six months when I was at the Mirror of eating nothing but Leon meatball lunches really for the, in the, yeah for about six months and then i couldn't I, it became a day and i couldn't stomach another one and i've never even gone in the <laughs> Do you know what again. i did i finally did about a week and a half ago i thought you know i've all this time because i've been cooking uh, for my podcast um i said all this time that i've been in lockdown i've never had a takeaway properly and so right. i've always had so much food in the fridge i had to cook so i finally yeah. ordered a, a, a curry and my yeah. god was it good you know, yeah. it was fantastic yes. just to order a takeaway curry. Where did you get it from? Um, I got it from a place called Green Chilies. Uh, just Eat, you know, you can get it from oh, any right. number of places. Because, I mean, this is the a really good. There's a really good Indian we used to get deliver late at night some nights in oh, the yeah. mirror and in uh, Mud Shoot. Um, oh, I know. Was it the Gaylord or something Yeah, I like that? think it was. I know I that one, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. If anyone's near Mud Shoot, then that, that is a fantastic Indian. Yeah. Or it was about 15. Well, actually, I've, I've actually got one in my street, which is just reopened now for takeaway. So um, right. I, can, I, can, I can use that as well. But, I mean, the funny thing, I mean, talking about other things as well, I finally got to see the first episode of that uh, Michael Jordan documentary oh, as well. What did you think? I thought it was amazing. Absolutely uh, amazing. Mate, honestly, but, you know, a, a, again, a bit like, did I tell you last week that I watched the, um, the Holland-England game? The old uh, Euro '96. No, you didn't. Because that, bizarrely, I think it was the other Sunday. I was home in London on my own, and I think it was ITV4 had yeah. uh, and then just replayed the Euro '96 game between right. Holland and England, and it was fantastic, right? And uh, you, right. you forget how great it is to watch sport, yeah. you know. And as well, I was listen, on that front, on that front, having finished the Michael Jordan thing and mm. having known nothing about basketball, but yeah. suddenly become a world expert on it, yeah. fascinated by it. I went to search for the NBA, right? And oh, yeah. the NBA have got all of the rights to all of the games, and they're giving them all away free at the moment. Are they? So, yeah, so you can go onto the NBA archive and watch any game from this season free right. of charge. You've got to register with them. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, it's absolutely fantastic to sit there, like you say, and watch a game of sport. Yes. Bring it back. 
It really is yeah. because yeah. I mean the funny thing about basketball was when I was when I used to when it used to get towards the end of the season and they'd be the playoffs and all that sort of stuff. I would always watch like the either the final two quarters. I could I, could, I don't think I've ever watched a game all the way through, you know, um, yeah. because you just want to sort of see the the, the the thing at the end. But watching this documentary series, I just I was reminded of how great it was, yeah. and also that whole business of when he signed uh, when he became big, Patrick Ewing, yeah. who played for the New York Knicks. That was my yeah. time in New York. I mean, that was when I was right. there, you know. Patrick Ewing Amazing. was this incredible figure. He was like a sort of David Beckham famous in New York, yeah. you know, because if you went into a, a restaurant, Patrick Ewing was there. People were literally fainting, you know. Um, yeah. And the same with, wow. with Michael Jordan, who was just this superstar. And you can yeah. tell, can't you, just from the moment, even when he's a young kid, from the moment yeah. he starts talking, you just know he's going to be a superstar. But he, because he is so intelligent. That's yeah. the thing about him. He yeah. is super intelligent guy. Yeah, uh, very impressive. Really, really nice. Very impressive. Yeah. So thank you for putting me onto that. Um, yeah. And I should go home today and watch a couple more. I think. Well, the next one is that I've just sort of seen half an hour of and looks to be absolutely fantastic. It's again on Netflix, and it's the one about Jeffrey Epstein. Oh yeah. And and obviously a much darker story, and uh, but absolutely extraordinary. How yeah. basically. Basically, the FBI were told about this guy years ago, yeah. 20 years ago, you know, and they finally caught up with him uh, only, you know, That's a all few gone years very ago. quiet, hasn't it? I mean, somebody asked me the other day what's going on with Ghislaine Maxwell, you know. Where's yeah, she, well, where's, she where's she's she gonna... heavily in it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Where is she? Well, I mean, I think the belief is that she's either in America or she's in Israel, one of the two. Right. Nobody's right. quite sure. But funnily enough, do you remember Bill Burroughs? Yes, very well. He's yeah. do, he's he's now coming on. I think tomorrow to the show. He's he's kind of coming on and doing because he's back making documentaries. He tells me, and he's coming on to yeah. do a little bit of you know what's good to watch um, out there Great. at the moment. Um, fantastic. So um, you know, documentaries Still are definitely a the way forward. Book about Alex Higgins. Oh yeah, called Hurricane, and right. it's one of the best first chapters you've ever Is read it? about how he tracks down Higgins right. to to get permission to also to interview him about this book he's writing right. and how Higgins sort of leads in this merry dance all over the country <laughs> but keeps taking money off him for vodka. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's hilarious. Well, you just want to be paid, just want to be paid in alcohol, wouldn't you? Yeah, basically. I mean, brilliant, just brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, listen, I think we've come to the end of another fabulous podcast. Um, yeah. And I guess, so are you going to be in London for the for the remainder of time then, or what do you think? I, I think so. Well, I hope not for the remainder of time, but I think... Uh, for, for the rest of this lockdown. Did you ever, did you ever get the, the, the Wi-Fi fixed up there? Up in Norfolk, yeah, we did, yeah, yeah we did. Okay. Yeah, so but so that's always there if the Wi-Fi crashes here. Yeah, right. But uh, until until things are relaxed, we'll be we'll be yes. sticking here. I think. Well, I'll well I'll stick the hundred quid in under the under the mattress and um, we'll wait and spend it soon. Please, please do. Great. We have to give a bit to the tax man to justify all the stuff I'm I'm writing off against it. No, we've made a massive loss. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, we can't be doing any of that. In fact, uh, um, I could furlough you if you like. Yeah, that would be good. What's what's eighty percent? Because you can still do your other, you can still do your other job. <laughs> Amazing. Good stuff. All right. All right, mate. Take care. See you all next week. See you later.